Megan, edit. What? I, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm talking to editing Megan. Okay. I love you too. <laughs> Welcome to Folklore Friday. A werewolf can be killed only with a silver bullet. Because I'm the chosen one and there are vampires? You are the boy who lived. You made us what we are, didn't you? You in danger, girl. My name is Sabrina Spellman and I will not sign it away. Am I dead? We don't allow black magic. Witches aren't real. Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. I myself am strange and unusual. Have you ever heard the phrase, third time's the charm? The number three is considered both lucky and unlucky. We also have the phrase, bad things come in threes. When it comes to good luck, some believe that the number three has good fortune because of its connection to the Holy Trinity, made up of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's also secular sources alluding to three being a lucky number. One is a letter from Elizabeth Barrett Browning to R. H. Horn in 1839. She wrote The Luck of the Third Adventure. Another is Alexander Hislop's The Proverbs of Scotland, 1862, Third Times Lucky. The phrase third times a charm, however, comes not from a letter or a book, but from the story of one man's attempted execution. In November 1884 in England, John Babacombe Lee was convicted of murdering his employer, Emma Casey. Some say the evidence was purely circumstantial, and it was very likely that he was not the murderer. Regardless, he was sentenced to be executed by way of hanging. The story goes, Lee was sentenced to hang at Exeter Prison, and although the executioner tested the workings of the trap door multiple times. During the scheduled execution, it did not drop. They tried to hang him once, twice, three separate times. And each time, the trap door stood firm. Later, the British Home Secretary commuted Lee's sentence to life imprisonment. Lee went on to serve 22 years in prison and was released in 1907. Although there is no hard evidence, many suggest that he moved abroad and assumed a new name. He went on to live a new life in a new place, enjoying his second chance at life. We may not know the details of his new name and how he lived out the rest of his life, 
but history will remember him as the man they could not hang. And so the phrase, third time's a charm, was born, because after three attempts at his execution, they decided to stop. So it was the third failed attempt at his execution was the one that saved his life. strangelings. How are you doing? As promised from the last episode, I tallied up who wrote in to say which they preferred on their birthday, cake or pie. So on Instagram, it came in at 63% for cake and 37% for pie. And on Facebook, it was 80% cake and 20% pie. So that was super fun, and I want to do more questions like that. I want to know what you guys are thinking and how your experiences are on holidays or how you like some of the things that we review. So I'm definitely going to be asking a question every episode because I want to get to know you guys. I want to know what you're thinking, and I guess I want to know what you're eating, at least on your birthday. (laughs) Also, thank you to those who have left me reviews. It means so, so much to me, especially because... I'm an independent podcast. I've been doing this for a year. And for a year, I didn't ask for reviews because it seemed desperate. But that has got to change because I am desperate. (laughs) So let me know. How are you liking the podcast? What do you want to hear more of? Are there topics that you want to hear? You can do that in reviews too. I'm fine with that. You can also message me on Instagram at Folklore Friday Podcast or email me at FolkloreFriday at gmail.com. And I'm going to read a review right now. And here's a review from Eden. And I know Eden. She's a friend. So this (laughs) meant a lot. Thank you so much. So she says, this podcast is so fun. Megan is very organized and you can tell she puts a lot of love into each episode. That's so nice. I especially like season one, episode 28. I learned so much. I also appreciated that she was so respectful of differing opinions and beliefs. I'm excited to keep listening. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Eden. Yes. I cover so many different topics, but most of them have to do with beliefs or opinions or superstitions or cultures. And I never want to just shoot something down because it's different from my beliefs or my opinions. And so I'm glad that you think that because that is definitely a goal. And I have re-recorded things because I've let some like opinion slip and I was like, eh, that was small minded. I better do that again. <laughs> so we're all human. <laughs> so again, thank you so much, Eden. That means a lot to me. Quick announcement. My TV and film review episodes are going to be a little bit different moving forward. I will no longer be putting in sound clips in the episodes. I have recently discovered that is a risky thing to do. And my goal is to monetize this podcast. And if I continue to put sound clips in, there will be no deal. (laughs) But it's weird that it's surprisingly okay in the YouTube space. So hopefully, eventually, my goal is to do short YouTube reviews of what we review here to give you a more visual experience. I know I've put a lot of 
sound clips in of different things we've been watching in the past, but moving forward, I will no longer be doing that. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hello, strangelings. Welcome back. Today, I am joined by my husband, Chris. Hello. <laughs> and a couple of days ago, it was my birthday. Happy birthday to Happy me. Happy birthday <laughs> to me. <again. laughs> it was a good day. We had some friends over and a couple, which is about as much room as we can handle. <laughs> uh-huh. And it was good. It was good to have company, especially since last year, you know, lockdown and all. It felt normal. I felt like a normal person. Yeah, it felt much more normal. And that was that was we exciting. We're getting there. Yeah, we we are getting there. Yes, it was a good day. And I had these requests for my birthday. I wanted to go on a walk. I wanted to eat a peanut butter and jelly cream pie, which I made. And then third, I wanted to watch Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to <laughs> you. It was good. When have we seen that? The last time we watched it was pre-COVID. Yeah, it's probably a couple of years ago, I would say. Yeah, and I just really enjoyed it. And I wanted, I wanted to watch it again. And I thought it would be fitting on my birthday. And since... The episode before this is the history of birthdays and birthday celebration. I thought this would be a good pairing. Okay. What was fun about this time is because I had my friend Brendan and his now wife, Lisa. I'm used to saying fiance, but they were over and they watched it with us. And it was, I got to tell you, she's the best person to watch a scary movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just very, very <laughs> responsive. It's it's a lot of fun. It was, it was the best. It was, yeah, I only want to watch scary movies if she can come because mm-hmm. that was awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like a personalized theater experience. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I loved it. Happy Death Day was released in 2017, and it is a dark comedy horror film. My favorite. A college student must relive the day of her murder over and over again in a loop that will end only when she discovers her killer's identity. Now, time loop stories I love and I honestly think there should be more because there's only there's only like a handful. I don't know. I think you might be pleasantly surprised if you really start digging and looking for some. That's true. I should start digging for some Yeah. <laughs> because here are the ones that I'm familiar with and that I've seen. Groundhog Day, of course. I feel like when anyone wants to... Love it. Even this movie references Groundhog Day. Yeah. And there's a lot... In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. And I think all you have to do to describe a time loop is say, you know, like Groundhog Day. It's it's the staple because it was the first time it was done that well and that recognizable. Perfect. Love it. Beloved movie. Groundhog Day. Edge of Tomorrow. But doesn't it also have another name? It's like Edge of Tomorrow. Sub-a-ba-ba-ba. Live, die, repeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And then there's a series on Netflix called Russian Doll. And then on Hulu, there's Palm Springs with Andy Sandberg. Mm -hmm. I want to say Sandberg. (laughs) But that was also really fun because that was super comedic. And there's this like made for TV movie, Christmas movie called 12 Dates of Christmas. Oh, it's probably flown under the radar, but that is super fun. And I, I definitely have watched that. There's another one that I watched recently. It's called Boss Level. 
And that one is like sort of action, very action heavy Groundhog Day type movie. And it was a lot of fun. It was really good. I liked it a lot. Can I handle it or is it too much? <laughs> you could maybe handle it. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't realized from listening to the podcast, I get a little queasy with violence, even though it's in a movie and now it's all choreographed. I just, ah, I can't handle it sometimes, which is why this movie was great because it was light on that nice PG-13 rating. And so they did a lot of cutaways. <laughs> so it was good. And moving right along, one review reads, Though it obviously borrows from Groundhog Day, this gleefully silly slasher movie has a playful spirit, likable characters, and even some half-decent life lessons. Director Christopher Landon of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, finds just the right tone for Happy Death Day, starting with Tree's introduction as a self-centered jerk. Yeah, Tree is kind of horrible and not very savvy. She's Certainly never seen any horror movies and has no idea how to fight off a masked killer. But she's fully human and she grows on you. When, like Bill Murray's Phil in Groundhog Day, Tree has time to evaluate her life, she starts trying to set things right and her attempts are wonderfully endearing. As for the movie's slasher elements, they're not terribly gory or scary. They seem to be in line with the movie's lighthearted tone. I would agree with that. Do you agree? What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's very well said. I mean, just <laughs> there it is. Uh-huh. I've heard them describe it, the actors in it in interviews as a mix between Groundhog Day and Scream. I think Scream gets a little bit more gory and brutal, though Scream isn't overly gory either, I would say. And this definitely has that lighthearted tone of Groundhog's Day with some of that, those nice scary elements, the suspense, the mass killer that a movie like Scream was bringing. So it's a great combo. Yeah, it's, it it's so, it's, I think it's, I think it might be my favorite horror film because it's, this is how I explained to Lisa, our friend of, she, she asked, what kind of scary movies do you like? And I said, well, when it comes to horror, I stay in the shallow end, meaning not that scary. <laughs> And and this was perfect type of movie for me because, yes, like Chris said, it has all of the fun stuff that Groundhog Day has. But unlike Scream, I was just like happy and enjoying myself. But we recently just watched Scream 2 and I felt sick at times. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, my God, they, he killed her and they all watched and they didn't know. And it was, you know, there's definitely it's a much more dramatic type of feeling to that kind of movie. And because of the element that she keeps coming back, it's not as scary when she dies because you don't have this like sickening feeling of finality. I don't know if that's a word, but yeah, it has the elements that I think you enjoy, which is that the comedy horror and then that nice, that lighthearted tone of it. So because it sort of recognizes what it is a little bit, it's able to take some liberties with the story and you know the horror aspect of it and i super enjoy movies like that like um, the cabin in the woods or tucker and dale versus evil i think you've seen parts of those because i've watched them Mm -hmm. and those types of i love those types of movies i love those movies that can have an introspective view on themselves yes or as i would say they don't take themselves too seriously (laughs) yeah (laughs) like 
And it was just so like carefully done and it, it added that level of fun. But there's still moments of terror where she has to figure out how to solve this loop that she's in. Even this like montage of her getting killed over and over again. It's to, I think, like a Katy Perry song. And and even like one of the times she gets stabbed, she makes this like funny face like, not again. And that's a that's a fun way to portray the kind of situation she's in. I had fun after I watched it. Unlike after Scream, when I was like, got on Amazon Prime to look up self-defense and what I can buy and the difference between a stun gun and a taser gun. Right, because you like the element that she is able to keep coming back. Yeah. So it made it less horrifying. Unlike in Scream, even though I love them and I'm trying to uh, toughen up my skin in the See, horror movie. Something world. in that that I really enjoyed about this movie is that though she keeps coming back, much unlike in Groundhog Day, she's feeling it and she is starting to it's starting to add up and she's not sure how many more times she can die before it she's dead for real yeah i think she even says i'm like that cat with nine lives i don't know how many more i have right and that is what keeps this gives this movie a sense of urgency and she has to solve it it's no longer just oh whatever i can do whatever i want because then it really would be like groundhog day Because she eventually sees her doctor boyfriend and mm-hmm. he basically tells her she should be dead because of all the trauma that it looks like has been done to her body. Yeah, she's got a bunch of scar tissue. She like collapses and all this stuff. And so that drives the story even more. And it, it's it's just the right combo that keeps it from being too lighthearted to where she's like, oh, I got to figure this out or I'm going to die. And so add that to the basic structure of a time loop. So, Chris. What happens in a time loop? It starts off with a selfish character. And then what does that selfish character have to do? Learn life lessons. Become not a selfish character. Think about others. Every time loop story, I I hope, at least the ones I've seen, this happens. It starts off, they're kind of single-minded in their own goals and their own views. And it takes them a few times of realizing they really are stuck in this loop. To break out of it. And, and this is... Tomorrow does that real hard. Mm-hmm. Boss level, what I saw, does that. Yeah, Russian Doll, Palm Springs. Uh-huh. Tw- all of it's them. It's all about that. And it's, it's... Oh my gosh, it's so great. So here's some things about the film that maybe you didn't notice, and I only noticed it on my second watch there. So what I'm doing now is I'll watch a movie once, and then I'll go back and watch it again with a fine-tooth comb, just the way I learned in film class. And I noticed so much stuff that I didn't notice. I mean, Chris, Chris is super detailed and notices everything, but I have ADHD. And so half the time I miss about 20% of what's going on, but not this time. So in the, be- the very beginning, I think we did notice this the first time we watched it, though, like back in maybe 2018. Mm-hmm. But the intro for the Universal logo, l- logo, <laughs> Universal logo repeats itself on a mini loop three times. So that's kind of fun. Like all good time loop movies, they create these recognizable events all along Tree's day to help you recognize that it's the same day. These signature things that happen. We've got like a girl asks her to sign a petition for global warming. There's some pledges, singing 99 bottles of beer and other such thing, a car alarm, all all the little things that that create this atmosphere of her day that helps us, the audience and her recognize that she's in the same day. So fun fact about 
something that happens in the movie is that in the opening sequence where Tree walks across campus and a number of different things are happening. One of those is the sprinklers go off, disturbing a couple sitting on the grass. For the crew itself, there was a malfunction where the sprinklers would not turn off and it took them an hour to fix it where the sprinklers were just going nonstop for a whole hour on set. And so they had to stop everything just to try to manage that issue, which was just kind of fun. I mean, okay, so think about this. Think of how many people are on a movie set. If you don't know, there's like at least 200 people or something. So everyone had to stop and wait until it was fixed. So that's so many people just sitting around and waiting. And I just, I can't, that would be so frustrating. (laughs) So another thing to note, and this is uh, in the movie itself, particular thing in the movie is that Carter, uh, our other main character, the, the gentleman that is with Tree when she wakes up, he takes her back to his dorm room because he sees her drunk at a party and is trying to help her out. They do not sleep together, as in sex. <laughs> he doesn't take advantage of her. There is a, the point is made that he is a gentleman and is just trying to help her out and make sure that she was going to be in a good place and sleep out this her drunkenness and this is you go ahead oh he sleeps in his roommate's bed and his roommate thinks that they are going to have sex so his roommate sleeps in his car right (laughs) it's just funny so we like that because it's something similar in groundhog day which is that on the last night of the time loop phil and rita do not sleep together as in they don't have sex (laughs) and That is particularly noteworthy because that is the last night where he actually wakes up and it's the next morning. And it's this kind of like redemption thing for him that the time when he's not trying to just sleep with a woman and be that sleazy guy, he's finally figured out how to be a good guy. That's when the time loop breaks because of this, you know, redemption factor. And that that seems to be an ongoing thing for these time loops and yeah, when he stops trying to sleep with Rita and he just starts to try to be a nice person and get to know her, that's when she wants to go back to his room with him. And so it's this whole that's this whole thing. And it also it's I think that it's very, very important to show characters like this, to show characters like Carter and how he explains. I was worried about you. I didn't want you to choke on your own vomit like Janis Joplin. I think it's important to show male characters like this, especially when we know a lot of things like that do happen on campus where women are, girls are taken advantage of. And so I think that it is important to show that those stories happen with the Me Too movement, but it's also important to show that there are nice guys that are not like that. I think the more examples of that to show men like, hey, this this is a good way to be is super important. And so I thoroughly enjoyed that that was part of his character. Okay, and here's just like this. <laughs> this part is like so unrelated. It's not part of the plot at all. It's just so funny. There's this guy selling like school spirit stuff, and the way he like talks, he's like, "Come and get your spirit on." It's oh my god, it's like one of my favorite parts. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. I have to show Chris right now <laughs> so that he can appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
To see a clip of what we're referencing here, head on over to Instagram. The link is in the show notes and it will be the post right after the post that says episode 32. Everything in a movie is on purpose. Most of the time, sometimes mistakes, but that they auditioned that guy to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. and He did it really well. Which is another reason I love this movie. They didn't need that, but they put it in because it's hilarious and it's very subtle. And so that was like on the rewatch. I watched that like three times because I thought it was so funny. (laughs) So as most time loops go, I think I've said before, they set up all these reasons that make her that make her selfish. And one of them is she's at a sorority meeting and Danielle fat shames a girl named Becky and Teresa joins in and calling her breakfast and can't leave food. And then this big thing of chocolate milk spills on tree. And I might just be reaching here, but I really liked the symbolism of how she was the one that end up, ended up getting burned in that situation. Like, yeah, Becky got some names called on her, but she's the one that ends up with chocolate milk on her again and again and again. And so it's just some really good imagery of like, hey, maybe don't do that and these things won't happen to you. Right. Or even stick up for your fellow sorority sister. sister. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe stick up for your fellow sorority sister and you know, be a good person. Yeah. Karma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so sexual. Another part of the plot is the relationship between her and her married professor, which is they're having an affair. Gross. Now, one of the days that she's figured out that she's in a loop, she tries to talk to him about it. And he says he's worried she's falling in love with him. When she says she isn't, he is relieved immediately and starts making out with her. Isn't that just like that part I found crazy? Yeah, it's a perfect example of the relationship that they really, truly have and how shallow her relationships seem to be with every almost everyone she Uh knows. Like she's trying to talk to him and he cuts her off, keeps cutting her off. She needs his help. And he's like, I'm just worried. It's natural for you to have feelings for you. Natural for you to have You're sleeping with her. Like what a condescending, horrible thing to say. And it was, yeah. So like Chris said, it, it painted that picture that her relationships suck. And the people that she chooses to be around aren't that great. And so part of her day is her sorority sisters have planned this surprise party. And I just, (laughs) I really liked this. She only gets to the surprise party once, but the one time she gets there, everything's dark. And the person that answers the door is a guy all in black with, with the baby mascot mask, which is what she is looking out for. And then she immediately punches him and then the lights turn on and she realizes that there's a surprise party. Right. For her birthday that she doesn't want to celebrate. Yeah. And I just really like the only line that I liked from Danielle. I mean, Danielle's character is supposed to be like this jerk, but I really like the line where she says, don't mess with the Kappa. It just immediately alleviates that tension that is there and it was it was just really well placed because it was this downer moment but then immediately everyone's like whoa cheering and i thought i thought i thought it was a good way to like flip flip the feeling of that scene (laughs) okay babe let's talk about the pleasure dome (laughs) and that's the end of our podcast so we're gonna go talk about that oh no (laughs) <laughs> that was quick 
Okay, in the movie, because I assume if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. She goes up to someone's room, like a frat boy, and he says, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. And I was going to say this for the end, but I'm going to jump down to fun facts. Okay, so this room is bonkers. He like, he turns off the lights, he turns on these like strobe lights and mm, mm, dancing and it's crazy. So if you look closely in that room, there's, there's a lot going on. There's roosters. You can't Lots it. of cocks. Oh my God. Yes. There's rooster posters over the, like. That's what I said, cocks. Throughout the room. I had Chris watch this scene with me and help me count. We found at least three. Yeah. Uh, there was also a sex doll. And then are they called paddle boards? They look like, you know, the things that were on the wall. Right, they were like yeah. wooden. They almost look like cutting the, boards. Yeah. But... That the, like the frats use those paddles. Yeah. Like yeah. spanking. I, I imagine. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And then another thing that they have in the room is this basketball hoop that is covered in bras. I didn't even know it was a basketball conquest. Hoop. Yeah. And like, even when I showed Chris, he was like, bras are expensive. Like, well, why would you leave your bra? Behind? Why would you leave Those your bra? <laughs> but it's like things like that. The set design people, they took time and they, they created this atmosphere. So you could tell exactly what type of person. Yes. Yeah, somebody had a lot is. of fun setting up that. <laughs> the bra. Tree. Well, not that she is the type of person that she's about to hook up with. Mm-hmm. It's not her pleasure, don't. I know, but this is the type of people that she's hanging out oh, with. Oh, oh, she yeah, chose yeah, yeah. to go up to this <laughs> she, person's room. Right. She's embarrassed that she spent the night with Carter and he's like a nice guy and has a dorm. She's embarrassed of that, but she has no problem going up to this guy's room. Right. I think she does think it's a little odd, though. She, she Yeah, she does. She says, like, it's loud. And she turns her back to text Danielle. And as she turns her back is when what's his face gets killed. And then the real killer is there. Right. And what's cool about that, not the killing, of course, but <laughs> debatable. Daniel texts her back and says, I hope you both die. And it's the last thing that it's the last text that the audience can see before she turns around. Yeah. And, and then eventually, eventually gets killed. Yeah. And they both die. They both die. I thought that was pretty clever. It was very, very clever. That's on point. Very clever timing. So in addition to being stabbed with a knife multiple times, Tree also dies from... Being stabbed with a broken bong. Being drowned in a fountain. Getting run over by a bus, one of my favorite. <laughs> a hit to the head with a baseball bat. Being in a car explosion. Hanging herself. And her last death is by eating a poisoned cupcake. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All my podcasts are spoilers. So, babe. What was your favorite sequence or favorite death? I told you the bus. <laughs> because they both die? Or yeah, why? it's just funny because it, it's funny because it's not done by the killer even. And it's this middle of the day type death that just <laughs> still, she just sort of messed up and then they both died. Yeah, <laughs> she gets in a fight. Her and her friend Danielle, who <laughs> has nothing to do with her being killed, both get hit by a bus because they just start wrestling. Yeah. And it's like those types of things that make this this movie funny. Um, I don't have a favorite you death. Have a favorite? I like the car explosion too. I think because it's the, yeah. the slow mo of the candle dropping to the ground, and she realizes that there's gas leaking from the cop car that she's in that she can't get out of. I do think that was because I liked the lead up to that because she gets pulled over and right. she's like, "No, you I'm not drunk." Maybe maybe she got away. 
And then she goes, wait, if I'm drunk, does that mean you're going to lock me up? So I liked the whole lead up. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, yeah, I'm drunk and I'm I'm high and, and everything. Puts her in the cop car. Mm-hmm. And then, wham. Yeah. He gets he gets run over. And it, that's the one they get one F-bomb in a PG-13 rating. And that was when that they was dropped right the then. one Right F-bomb. before she explodes. And I thought that I did like that one. I thought that was I thought that was fun. But because it's a time loop, they also take advantage of the storyline by doing some fun stuff, including. She dyes her hair pink and cuts it short. She walks around campus naked. She tells Carter what's going on and proves she knows what's going to happen before it happens. So she's just picking out events, particularly that very early morning walk that she does. She's like, here and this and this guy's going to fall on the ground. Sprinklers, mm-hmm. car alarm, and that references perfectly with Groundhog Day in other time loop movies. Sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't, but I always feel like it's lacking if they don't do it. Yeah, that's how they validate. <laughs> They're like, I know exactly. It's because I've seen it all happen a bunch of times. Yeah. About the naked scene, she said that she had an option to still cover up her front because you only see like the backside. And she said she wanted. She wanted to do it all the way so that she could feel that exhilarating feeling of being naked, the actress. (laughs) So um, she said it was really empowering and the crew was really great. And there was like a group of some of the female crew and they would walk around her and hold up blankets and jackets. And then when it was time to shoot, they'd all disperse and then they would do the take and then they'd all come back around her. But before they... But before they shot, they would all like they would all yell her name and be like, you go, girl. And she said she was dancing and they'd play music. And she said it was one of the best experiences that she's ever had. (laughs) That's great. And I thought that was just really cute. She said it was really empowering. And as we've said before, in most time loop scenarios, she has to overcome her weakness. In this case, it's her selfishness and her aloof attitude to others around her. And tell me what you think about this, Chris, the day that she like the full circle day where she's being nice and she's interacting with everyone that comes only after she sacrifices herself so that she can reset the day because Carter dies. Right. And so. So the day that is full circle that comes full circle, I like to think of it is the day that she's interacting with everyone and she's signing the petition and she brings a pillow for the guy that faints and she does all these great things that is only after she is willing to sacrifice herself. So Carter dies, he gets his net snacked by tombs. And that's when she realizes, oh, I have to, in order to bring him back, I have, I have to die. And so that's when she hangs herself. And so I think that act of self-sacrifice is what kind of cements her into now I'm changed. Now I'm no longer selfish because after that is when all of the when she does everything right, she stands up for her friend. She breaks up with the the professor. She's sort of reached this pinnacle where she's beginning to understand what it is about herself that and she wants to be a better person. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And that's where you get all of the life lessons part. She has the meaningful talk with her dad. That's really sweet. She breaks up with the professor and my and those are all like super good feeling but i really liked it when she poured chocolate milk on danielle's head <laughs> right in defense of her other sorority sister yeah and she's so calm about it and mm-hmm. it was so and when we were watching the it with slow walk up <laughs> we were watching it with brendan he said oh 
we know what she's going to do because we've seen the chocolate milk land on someone's head time and time and time again. And so I didn't really think about that, but you're totally primed for that scene. Right. Which is, which is really true. So when we were talking about it with Brendan and Lisa, Brendan said, well, how do we know what broke the time loop? Because it doesn't matter who she killed. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was saying. Well, he was saying it doesn't matter if she became a good person because that's not what broke the time loop. What, what broke the time loop was her actually killing the real killer, Lori, who was trying to originally poison her with a cupcake and then just decided to put on a baby face mask and murder her and set free another murderer in order to cover her tracks. And then Lisa said no, because she only found out it was Lori because she ate the cupcake. Right. Because she thought she had won when she defeated that serial killer. Tombs. Tombs. And was ending her day doing a nice sweet 16 or no, not yeah. doing a nice 16 candles 16 moment candles. Mm-hmm. with Carter blowing out the candle on the cupcake that was given to her by Lori. And then she wakes up and she's reset the day again. Yeah. And it's because she died in her sleep and she figured it out that she died in her sleep and that it was a poison cupcake. I actually really like and that. And she finally confronts Lori. Yeah. I liked that. She's like, I died in my sleep. I thought that was the most meaningful death is the death that we don't see. Right. And it's funny, too, because in the end, you see Danielle being interviewed uh, by a reporter. And Danielle says, Lori's little plot was super lame. Poisoning a cupcake really were kappas. We don't eat cupcakes. Oh, okay. That's so smart because they're even like pointing it out that if she hadn't gone on this self-discovery journey, she still would have been that girl that was yeah. fat shaming. Yeah, the kappa. It's just the nasty. It's like, are you drinking kappa chocolate now? <laughs> and she never would have eaten the cupcake. And so she had to come to peace with her birthday and have all of these changes. And I thought that was really cl- I thought that was really, really clever how they that was a line that they put in there. Okay, so something I didn't realize until I watched it the second time, when they're at the surprise party, now that we know Lori's the the killer, Danielle even says, where's Lori? She said she was going to come. And then she's like, oh, I don't know, or something like that. Like, she's pulling a double at the the hospital. And then even when they're eating the cupcake, Carter asks, did they ever figure out how tombs got free and she goes no no one knows and the first time i watched it i totally thought i thought that was the ending when she was eating the cupcake i wasn't even paying attention to what they were saying like why would they put those lines in there right (laughs) you gotta know how he got free that can't just be overlooked and everybody's okay with it yeah that's not how that's gonna work out i totally didn't even notice that and so the first time we watched it i was genuinely shocked and i was like I thought it was over. Yeah. <laughs> so I really, I really did like that. What did you think of the fight between Lori and Tree? Just like duking it out. I, I, I liked it. I thought that oh, was a great. really I mean, great way to the, end it. The best part is that she actually stuffs Lori's cupcake in her mouth, in Lori's <laughs> mouth, right? And she yeah. freaks out so bad that it just got in her because she knows it's poison. Yeah, she's like, she's like yeah, she's like screaming, trying to get it out of her mouth. And then kicks her right out the window. And I, so I, I rewatched that to just to check all the details. She's choking her. She's got her pinned down. Lori's on top of tree. And then tree like clocks Lori in the throat. 
so that she's perfect. She's perfectly going and her mouth is wide open because she's trying to get in air. Right. Which was perfect for her. Just like throw in the cupcake. And one thing that like Brendan kept mentioning, he's like, so everything's okay with the cops. She can just say, oh, she tried to poison me and you kicked her out a window and they just bought it. Like she's she's not being questioned about this. Everyone's okay with how that ended up with her kicking her roommate out the window window. and jamming a cupcake down her throat. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't think she, I don't think she'd be sitting at a diner with Carter. She would be at a police station. Mm-hmm. But it's a movie and we can forgive it. But I was like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the ending. I thought it was yeah. really, really yeah. good. To, I, I thought it was nice that it was her roommate. And it wasn't just some mystery person. And I don't know, feminism and all things. Ladies can be serial killers too. It's not always a straight white male. <laughs> I just, I liked it. So before we go... We're going to leave you with a few fun facts about this movie. Some interesting things that uh, we discovered. So first off, director Christopher Landon workshopped the idea of the killer wearing a baby mask. So if you remember, that's the Bayfield Babies, which is an incredibly <laughs> weird mascot to it's have so weird. for your university and not really that powerful at all. But the Bayfield Babies... <laughs> And so by trying on the mask himself, the director, Christopher Landon, he wore it to the office. And after successfully scaring a co-worker, uh, he gave the mask the green light. I love that. I think that's awesome. <laughs> he also said in interviews that he wanted something that could be a mascot, but be funny at the same time. And he thought the baby face was so ridiculous. It was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, the music that they play with it. Though, oh, my God. It's so def- good. Definitely helps. And that's just good horror movie sort of setup is if you have good music especially when you see the The villain villain, then it just sets it all up perfectly and and this movie does that really well with that kind of like eerie it's almost like a weird baby crying kind of a thing i'm so glad you brought that up because i specifically made sure i had different recordings of that because they used it they didn't overuse it. It was it was so well done. Yeah. Yeah. So something else here is that I thought it was an odd choice a bit to have our main character named Tree. But the character's name is Teresa. Uh, the professor even in, introduces her as Teresa. And her nickname is Tree. Mm-hmm. So too crazy off, but yeah, kind of a unique name to give her for sure. Yeah. And there was an alternate ending in which Tree was shown being murdered again, which would restart the time loop. But this time it was the professor's wife and test audiences hated it. They said impressed. that was not good. And they didn't like that ending. <laughs> and so just to just to cap this off, one of my favorite lines in the movie and just her whole character in general is when she's breaking up with her professor saying, we can't do this. I don't want to do this. Never should have been done, blah, blah, blah. She says, I can't change what I've done, but I can start trying to be a better person today. And that's just, that's like the simple explanation of time loop story arcs. Because even though she's done a lot of good things and tried to be a good person on many of these other loops that she's done, it's still just the one day for everyone else. So she can't undo the past mm-hmm. and, and change. But yeah, just being a better person from then on 
is really the point, right? Yeah. And I, I thought that was just like a really good, simple lesson for people. And yeah. Then- Something that anybody can really do if they just die over and over again. <laughs> oh my God. Relive the same day. You can really find yourself, you know? Yeah. I, I really recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was also just a really, really great line that she said to the professor. You have a wife that loves you so much. If you can't be faithful to her, at least have the balls to leave. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then like a douche, he says, don't expect me to let you coast by in my class. And I love how she does this as she's walking away. She doesn't even turn around. She just says, I already dropped it. And then she flips them off. And I thought that was a really good, it was a really good scene to show because often you portray the woman as this like desperate woman who's having an affair. And that's not always the case. Like I've known women that got involved with a married man who had kids and they were so young. They didn't realize the gravity of what they were getting involved in. And so it's good to see someone that can walk away and say like, I don't need that because why it's super unhealthy. Right. It's good to see Tree's character become more empowered in a number of different ways, especially that, you know, she's not just this snotty Kappa, but that she has this ability to, you know, take control of her life mm-hmm. and do the things that she should be doing that make her feel good about it. And she falls in love with Carter and she even says like, oh, where were you? She's like, who, who was he? And she goes, his name is Carter. We didn't sleep together. And one day I'll have his babies. Like she's completely, she's had a complete 360 where she's like, oh, a good man. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, why did you listen to this podcast? Because you just ruined it. Death day. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of spoilers that you listened to just then. It was really fun. It was really fun to watch on my birthday. And let us know if you have any suggestions for us. And I mean topics. And I also mean TV and film. I do like to pair my episodes where I'll talk about a topic. And then I'll watch something that's like a recreation of that. Sometimes they're not always going to line up. I'm really trying to figure out my season two flow. But I want to hear from you. I really, really love suggestions. So message me. Look for me on Instagram at the Folklore Friday podcast. And let me know what you think. And other than that, thank you for joining me, Chris. Thank you for having me, Megan. We'll see you next time on Folklore Friday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And if you don't already, follow me on Instagram. That's usually where I hang out. You can follow me at Folklore Friday Podcast, and there's a link in the show notes. Sometimes I do themed photo shoots to promote the episodes. The Cupid and Psyche photo shoot was super fun. I learned a lot, and I had to learn how to remove all of Chris's tattoos with Photoshop. So that was a pickle, but I did it. I also put some work into design fun and interesting posts for you guys on the topics that I talk about. And if you could leave us a review on whatever podcast app you listen to the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. It helps others find the show and the more people that listen, eventually I can gain some income so that I can do things like afford licensed music or even audio clips. So by leaving a review, you'll be helping the show grow and become a better listening experience for you. You can also message me on Instagram or email me topics that you want to hear about. Coming up, we're going to do two episodes on werewolf. 
So as per usual, we will do a lore episode and then one where we review a movie or TV show. So right now we're kind of between two movies. We're thinking The Silver Bullet, which is going to be scary. And I don't know if you've noticed, I'm a big scaredy cat. So there's that option. <laughs> and then the other one is more of a horror comedy, kind of like Happy Death Day. And that is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. So check those out and then message us which one you'd like to hear a review on. Until next time, toodaloo.